your Bibles with you. Second uh, Kings chapter number eight. Second Kings chapter number eight. We find uh, a story that you're probably somewhat familiar with. We've ministered from here multiple times over the years, uh, but the Lord has led me back to visit this passage of Scripture, and I want to share with you uh, for a few moments today uh, what He has put in my heart for this morning. I want to read in our hearing today together, beginning in verse number one, the first six verses of this chapter. Because for a few moments today, I'd like to minister on this thought, a God of restoration. 2 Kings chapter number 8, verse number 1. It says, Then spake Elisha unto the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go thou in thy household and sojourn wheresoever thou can, for the Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. And the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God. And she went with her household and she journeyed into the land of the Philistines for seven years. But it come to pass at the seven years end that the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines and she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and for her land. And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha hath done. And it come to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, and that, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for the land. And Elisha's servant, he said, My lord, O king, this is the woman And this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed unto her a certain officer, saying, Restore all that was hers and all the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land, even until now. For a few moments this morning, as we dive into this story, together. I want to talk to us about a God of restoration because how many knows that is what he is? He is one that is willing to bring us back into a place of fellowship with him. But we have seen and experienced in recent years, uh, like other generations before us has experienced, we have experienced strategic attacks of the enemy that has did everything in his power to separate us from the one that desires for us to be near him. So this morning for a little while as we dive into this, I'm going to talk to us about the importance of taking back the portals that God has for us people. We find that sin this morning has no right to be present in the life of a believer. We are instructed in the word of the Lord in James 4 and 7. It says that if we submit ourselves unto the Lord, then if we resist the devil, that he will flee from us. And therefore, we need to understand that we have been given the power and the ability to be men and women that is able to walk in victory And not defeat. We have reached a place, however, in this present hour where there must be a change. I don't speak of change just because of change. But I speak this morning concerning change because there is a desperate need of change within the walls of the church today in America. The church has been overran by a modern day culture that tells us that everything is acceptable. And we as men and women of God, we have failed to understand the importance of what it is to be fathers of the faith and mothers of the faith. And we are here today because the generation before us saw that it was necessary for us to be invested in. But if we're not careful, we're failing 
to invest in the very ones that God has given us. We have permitted the demonic powers of hell to take up residence in our homes, in our communities, even within our schools and every other avenue of life, and yes, even within the walls of the houses of worship. This morning, while we're sitting here in the house of God, our children are being overran with violence and vulgar speech has become the new norm. Sexual perversion is growing at an all-time rapid rate in our nation. Alternate lifestyles has not only been encouraged, but they've been promoted. And pornography is now on display in every shopping mall, and we think nothing of it. We today have become so numb to sin in this hour that we don't even blush at it anymore, but we simply are now entertained by it. God help us this morning. It does not bother the average believer today that evil has taken up residence in their community and that it's overrunning their nation, not to mention that it's destroying their homes. Our families are living in torment this morning while we sit in a place of a lukewarm condition. No urgency, no weeping, and oftentimes no interceding. It is often addressed in this fashion. Well, preacher, it's just the signs of the time we're living in. This morning, with all of the love that's in me, that is the most unacceptable answer that any Christian should ever give. I believe every generation before us, God has called men and women to be watchmen on the wall and to sound the alarm. Ezekiel 33 validates that point if you read it. We find that we have to ask ourselves this morning this question. When was the last time I placed the trumpet that God gave me and sounded the alarm? It is clear this morning that we have failed a generation. I do not stand before you, however, this morning without hope, but I believe that there still remains an answer. And that answer is still Jesus Christ. He is still the way, the truth, and the life. He is still the bread of life. He is still everything that we have need of this morning. But I have to mention this morning that there has to be a drastic change take place within the body of Christ. I know you didn't come to be drugged down this morning, and I didn't come to drag you down. But I come to tell you this morning that I first believe we must have a desire to remove that which is dwelling in our lives that does not have authorization to be there this morning. We today, not those out there, but those of us in here that have a testimony that I'm blood-bought, spirit-filled, on my way to heaven, I want you to hear me this morning. We are going to have to find a place of repentance. Amen. I knew you wouldn't shout me down this morning, and I argued with the Lord. I'd like to preach something different today. But stay with me. We'll end on a high note, I promise. Nehemiah cried out and repented for himself and for his fathers. I'm not saying that you and I are guilty, are the ones to blame for everything that has happened in this nation in recent years. But I'm going to tell you, our fathers and us have guilt on our hands this morning because we was busy doing other things when we should have been in the presence of the king. So this morning, as Nehemiah cried out when he come to realize the condition of the city of his fathers, he began to weep and cry and said, God, Forgive us for allowing this to happen. This morning, God forgive us for allowing the church to get in the condition that it is today. You say, is it really that bad? Well, I can tell you this. The very things that we preached against 20 years ago, we now are parading and calling it okay. Listen, we are living in darkness instead of in a place of the manifestation of the glory of God this morning. 
we today must find in this story that there is a recipe for us to experience an absolute divine reversal in this season. If I take you back to the text this morning, let me give you just a rundown of this story of this Shumanite woman's life. If you was to go to 2 Kings chapter number 4, you would find that she went to her husband on a particular day. And she said, I perceive that this man, talking about Elisha the prophet, said, I perceive that he is a man of God. I believe that we should build a room on the wall. That way, every place, every time he comes, uh, he can dwell here and we can be in his presence. Uh, and, and so they did so. And every time that he would come in and out of the city, he would come to this Shumanite woman's house. And one particular day, uh, he begins to speak to his servant and says, what is it that she would have us do for her? Would she like for us to call to the king on her behalf? Or would she like for us to give her some favor in some area? And she said, I don't need anything. I, I have what I need. I just perceive that you truly are a man of God. And then the servant of Elisha said, her husband is old and she doesn't have any children. So he calls her to the doorway of the room that she had had prepared for him and says, that about this time next year, according to the cycle of life, you're going to bring forth a child. And she said, don't lie to me. And we know that according to the word of the man of God, that she brought forth a son. But then as this son began to grow, we find that one day he runs to the field of his father. And while he's out there, all of a sudden he says, oh, my head, my head. And his father says, take him to his mother. The servants bring him. He sits on the lap of his mother until noonday and breath leaves his body and he dies. She takes this child and lays him on the bed of the prophet. And then she calls and says, bring me a horse and bring me a servant and let him not hesitate on my behalf, but let him take me in a very rapid, expedient way to the prophet. You know the story. And as she begins to go, in the distance, the man of God sees her coming, sends this servant and says, go ask her, is it well with you? Is it well with your household? Is it well with your son? Is, is everything well? And she says, it is well. But we find that she runs and grabs the garment of the man of God and she says, I'm not going to leave you. Now, the man of God sends his servant with the staff and says, go lay it on him. But she said, I'm not leaving you. So he returns with her, and they arrive in the house, and as they're on their return, Elisha's servant comes and says, listen, I did what you said, but there's no life in him. He's still not awakened. And the prophet walks into this room, stretches himself up on this child, this young man, breathes into his nostrils gets up, comes back downstairs, walks to and fro in the house, goes back up the steps the second time, lays up on him again, and this young boy sneezes seven times and comes back to life. He calls this mother and says, here's your son. There was a very unique situation that transpired in this designated place but now time elapsed and when you get to chapter number eight the man of God comes to this Shumanite woman and says the Lord has called for a famine go wherever you can because for seven years there's not going to be anything here 
There's not going to be any rain. There's not going to be any blessing. There's not going to be any increase. But I want you to leave this place. And in seven years, God will release the famine. Well, we find that she did according to what the man of God said, if you read the Bible. And as she begins to walk in obedience, we find that at seven years in, she realized that where she was was not where she wanted to be. So she returns to her house and her land. And upon her return, she finds that somebody has taken up residence in her house and on her land. And she realizes that they do not have the right nor the authority to be there. And therefore, we find that in this story, she experienced restoration because of a few simple things that she did. And this morning, as we look at that together, I want you to understand that it is a recipe that you and I can follow this morning if we are sick and tired of somebody else possessing what we have. Because let's be honest this morning. Across this land and across this globe, there is men and women of God. I believe their heart is turned towards God. I believe they love God. And I'm not even questioning their salvation this morning. But I look at their lives and there is no joy. There is no peace. There is no rest. Uh, There is no presence of the supernatural of God on display in their life. They're just trying to make it through this day And this week and this month, just like everybody else in the world. And how did we get to that condition? Is simply because this. uh, Somebody has begun to take up residence and began to use uh, the very things that God has ordained for you to have and to possess. And upon her return, notice she responds and she realizes uh, that she began, I cannot just do nothing. Can I tell you this morning, you and I cannot just do nothing. But you and I this morning are going to have to become actively engaged and involved in the world in which we live. The woman in our story experienced restoration because of just a few things. First of all, she refused to allow another to keep possession of her estate. I want to ask you the question this morning, uh, how long are you going to allow the enemy uh, to keep your joy, uh, to keep your peace, uh, and to keep your rest? Uh, How long are you going to allow the the enemy uh, to continue to enslave your family, uh, your children, and your children's children? Uh, How long are you going to allow the enemy uh, to keep uh, the power and the anointing of God uh, from being present in your life? Uh, You say, well... uh, What do you mean by that? Uh, If I take you back to James 4 and 7, uh, it says if you submit to God uh, and you resist the devil, uh, then he will flee from you. It wasn't might or could. uh, It was a definite. Uh, He does not have the ability to stay uh, if you take authority over him. Uh, And this morning, uh, she looked at the situation. Uh, She arrived at her home. Uh, Somebody was on her lawn. Somebody was sitting on her front porch. Uh, Somebody is using her refrigerator. Somebody using everything she had. Uh, And she said, that's not right. uh, And I'm not accepting that. Uh, Can I tell you, uh, you and I are going to have to begin to get a spiritual backbone uh, and begin to say, I refuse uh, to allow the enemy uh, to take up residence uh, in my family. Uh, Listen, uh, there's some things uh, that you and I have to fight for. Uh, One of those things is your family. Uh, Another thing is your community. Uh, Another thing is your nation. Uh, Can I tell you this morning, uh, she began to look and analyze this situation uh, and she said not only am I refusing to allow it, uh, but she said, secondly, uh, I desire uh, to inhabit or to dwell uh, in the place that God has ordained for me. Uh, She said, listen, uh, I I've got blood, sweat, and tears in this thing. Uh, I, I'm the one that I'm the one that decorated those walls. Uh, I'm the one that went to Hobby Lobby and bought all that stuff. Amen. Are you hearing me this morning? You try to take somebody's picture off their wall. That's some of these ladies around here. Yeah. yeah. 
Hobby Lobby three Saturdays in a row, man. I'm on a roll. Listen, you and I today have got to understand that when you look at this story, she desired to be in the place that she once was. Listen, she was on the outside looking in, so to speak, but she knew where every bedroom was. Uh, She knew where the living room was. Uh, She knew where the pantry was. Uh, And she knew exactly uh, where that room was that she had built for the prophet to stay in. Uh, And she said, you know what? I desire to be back there uh, because in there, uh, listen, she had her son with her. Uh, She said, son, do you remember uh, that in there, in that room, uh, when I laid you down dead, uh, but all of a sudden, uh, the prophet came and laid on you and began to breathe on you uh, that there was a resurrection power. Uh, she said, listen, uh, why do I settle for being out here uh, when I can live and dwell there? Uh, that's mine. Uh, and I'm not going to be silent about it. Uh, I'm not going to be quiet about it. Uh, I'm not even going to be proper about it. Uh, but I am going to begin to cry uh, unto the king. Uh, notice uh, her property uh, was a place that had become a dwelling place uh, not just for her uh, but for the prophet of God uh, and not just the prophet of God uh, but it was a place uh, where the anointing dwelled. Uh, Notice uh, that little cottage uh, on the side of the road uh, that was just normal brick and mortar uh, because somebody uh, perceived uh, that God was real uh, became a portal uh, where the supernatural uh, could begin to go horizontally uh, without any interruption. Uh, I'm a firm believer uh, that upon her absence, uh, the enemy uh, designed for somebody to go there thinking, uh, if I can just keep anybody here, uh, then I can plug up uh, the portals that God uh, has created. Uh, But I come to tell somebody this morning, uh, I'm going to preach this thing while you sit there. Uh, Listen, uh, I come to tell somebody this morning uh, that that place uh, that was merely built with the hands of men uh, was a place where God's miracle working power was released upon the earth uh, and it was a place uh, where the prophetic anointing of God uh, was able to come and do exploits uh, in the human realm. Uh, This morning I make a declaration uh, as I've been along with the Lord uh, I believe that there is some places uh, as well as some people uh, across this nation uh, that has been built uh, and brought into existence for such a time as this uh, that has housed the prophetic anointing uh, in days gone by. Uh, But in recent years, uh, others have been dwelling there. uh, But God is appointing uh, a divine release from the host of heaven. Uh, I believe there's a reassigning going on in the spiritual realm. uh, And there is about to be a public display uh, of the removal uh, as well as an open display of the restoring. Uh, This morning when I look at this story, uh, the king uh, was sitting there talking to the prophet's uh, servant and said, tell me some stories. Uh, Tell me about this man of God, Elisha. Uh, What was he really like? Uh, What did he really consist of? Uh, Does he really walk with the power and the anointing of God uh, like I've heard? Uh, He said, well, all I can tell you is one day uh, that I went running uh, at his his instruction. Uh, He gave me his staff uh, and I went and laid it on the face of a dead boy uh, and he didn't wake up. Uh, He didn't live. Uh, There was no breath in him uh, but he came in right behind me uh, and this man of God uh, laid down upon him. uh, His hand upon his hand. uh, His eyes upon his eyes. uh, His nose upon his nose. His mouth upon his mouth. uh, And all I know is he laid upon him uh, and the body began to be warmed. Uh, All I know is that then he walked down the steps and walked to and fro in the house Uh, but then he went back up and I don't know what happened uh, other than this uh, that that which was dead uh, was presented in a manner where life was full Uh, and he said I don't know Uh, then about the time he's telling that story uh, all of a sudden uh, there was a cry oh king oh king he said I've heard that voice before Uh, looked around Uh, he said king that story I just told you uh, 
That's the woman. And see that young man right there? That's the boy. Listen, she can validate everything that I said. The king said, oh woman, what is this that I hear? And the Bible says she told him. She said, one day my boy was in the field with his papa. All I know is that he said, oh my head, my head. But he brought him back and I held him till noonday and all of a sudden breath went out of his body. All I did was pick him up, put him on the bed of the prophet. All I know is that I said, it is well, it is well. I ran to him and he come back and he laid on him and now he lives. But he said, there's a problem. I just got back and somebody's in my house, somebody's on my land, and somebody is in that bed and it doesn't belong to them. But the king said, oh, give me an officer. An officer, you are at her disposal. You go back and you restore everything to her, everything from her land for the whole time she's been gone. I'm talking about a God of restoration this morning. Listen, the purpose is clear this morning. God is calling us. He is wooing us. And he's saying, listen, I need somebody to refuse to allow the status quo to be normal in their life. But somebody needs to understand that there's some things back in yesterday that was something of value. It was something of anointing. It was something that made dead things live and made barren things awake. And it says somebody got to begin to cry for it. Somebody's got to begin to desire it. And somebody's got to refuse to live without it. This morning, I wonder if anybody in this room says, I refuse to live another day without the anointing of God. I wonder if there's somebody in here that's willing to begin to say, I desire to be in his presence again. And I just wonder, is there somebody in the house today that is willing to get undignified and begin to cry aloud and say, oh king, oh king, listen, I don't know about you this morning. You can settle for religion if you want to, but I'm talking about a divine relationship where things that are dry begin to flourish. I'm talking about the darkness turning to day. I'm talking about the sting of death losing its sting. I'm talking about somebody that is bound and broken being restored and made whole. Listen, you can sit if you want to, but I come to tell somebody today that there is still joy unspeakable and full of glory. There is still a peace that passes all understanding. I'm going to preach this morning because God's saying, I want to restore you to a place of anointing. I want to restore you to a place of victory and I want you to get it together in this season now. A God of restoration. Oh, oh, hear me this morning. The Shumanite woman, she came and she said, it's not enough for me to look at it from the outside. It's not enough for me just to lean on the picket fence and tell my boy, this is where we used to live. It's not enough for me just to stand here and tell a generation, uh, this is how it used to be. Uh, but listen, uh, can I tell you, uh, it's wonderful to tell them the story, uh, but it's a different thing uh, when you can take them into the room uh, and begin to let them experience it for themselves. This morning... The world is dying and going to hell. And if we're not careful, we don't even care. But I, this morning, calling to you, please hear me. I sense in the spirit that God is reassigning and realigning the host of heaven on behalf of his people because I do know this, that there is people that's beginning to say, I refuse to settle. I refuse to continue as we are. And because of that, God is realigning and reassigning. 
I mentioned a moment ago that I sense in my spirit that there's going to be a public display of removal as well as an open display of restoring. I believe that to be true this morning. You may ask why now? As I believe the purpose of this is clear. God has saw fit to visit his people with one more wave of the prophetic anointing. I believe and I sense in my spirit that there is about to be the arrival of an Elisha anointing. Every generation has had their opportunity to repent and we are being given ours now. Let me remind you that an opportunity doesn't remain forever, but it is in the lifetime of that opportunity that we must respond. And today, the question is, how will we respond? The question today is, do you and I really have a hunger to dwell where we once did? And are we willing to pursue after it and go further than we've ever been? See, I can tell you stories. I can tell you some amazing stories of how God moved and ministered and touched. We should reminisce and we should remember those stories. I heard one of those stories this morning. Sister May reminded me it was six years ago. As they lifelined her to the hospital and we was there that night and they said, not going to make it, but God, six years later, still here, picture of health, strength, still as crazy as ever, right? Why? Listen. The God that was able to do that six years ago was still able to do that today. Hear me. But we must become willing to lift up our voice and cry aloud to the king. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. Seasons have changed. God is calling people back to their former dwelling places. Why? So this generation can begin to dwell in his presence, not visit it. The place that this Shumanite woman was coming to, when she arrived at her homestead, and others had taken up residence in it, it was nothing more than squatters. Someone who settled on her land without a right or without a title. She had never deeded that property to anybody. She had never relinquished ownership to that property at any given time. She simply was following the commands of the man of God. And she left. And in seven years she returned by faith knowing this. That famine isn't going to be there when I get back. But when she got back. The enemy had allowed someone to take up residence. There's a lot of times people are out doing good things and even trying to do what God puts in their heart to do. But when they come back home, something else has already tried to move in. And her response was the correct response. Because in her response, she said, I refuse to allow what I see naturally to be the final say. Listen. We look around today and we see the church in America. And I'm not down on the church and you know that. I love the church. But much of what we see in the church world in America, we look at it and it's been housed by everything but the anointing. It's become a fun house. It's become a fun center. It's become an entertainment center. It's become nothing more than a marketing tool that men use for their own selfish gains. It's been nothing more than the place that we've used to build our ministries instead of his kingdom it's become everything except for what it was ordained to be and if we're not careful we just settle for it and we walk in and out of the doors week in and week out and we support it instead of simply saying you know what no more that's not what it's about 
Because you have to realize she had a son that now was in his teenage years, approaching 20, approaching adulthood. And she understood this. I believe this with all of my heart. We could stay dwelling in the land of the Philistines, but that's not where God ordained us to be. That's in the land of the enemy. That's in the land that God did not prepare for us to be, but our place is over here. And we're going to go back to our place because there's a place that's been designed and built, and we know that God is present in that place. And she refused to dwell any place other than where God dwelt. So she says, this is an acceptable. And therefore, I believe she looked at her son and said, you know what? You, you might be okay in any other place, but there ain't no place like this place. Because it was in that place where this womb that was barren became fruitful. It was in that place where when the enemy tried to take your life, God restored it. It was in that place where the prophet laid his head. It was in that place that the word of the Lord came forth. And it is in that place and only that place that you are going to continue to live. A place where barren things come alive and where dead things live. A place where the prophetic word of God is spoken and the earthly realm is altered by it. Let me remind you this morning, he is faithful to the one who calls on his name. I will go on record this morning and make this declaration. There is a divine reversal coming to those who will trust in him and that will call on his name and refuse to be denied of the place that God has ordained for them to be. This morning, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what you're celebrating. And I don't know what your challenge is. But I know this. That while this natural king was able to restore her land. And bring things back into her realm. We have a heavenly father that is so much greater. That is able to not just restore a house and fruits of the ground. But he is able to restore all things. To him that will believe. So there is nothing too large or too small this morning. As they come to the piano this morning, I want us to hear the word of the Lord. And everything that I've shared with you this morning, please hear this. Refuse to allow another to keep what is yours. Desire to dwell where God has always been. And be willing to cry before the king. What does that really mean, preacher? Every one of us at times in our life have been overwhelmed and overran by all kinds of stuff. But sometimes, the old Andre Crouch song, I was going to sing it this morning, but I spared you of that. But he simply, several years ago, he sat down and he pinned, take me back. Take me back, dear Lord. To the place where I first received you. Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord. To the place where I first believed. He said, I must confess, Lord, I've been blessed. But yet my soul's not satisfied. Renew my faith, restore my joy, and 
dry my weeping eyes. He went on to the pen. He said, I've tried so hard to make it all alone. But he said, I need your help just to make it home. Can I tell you, we'll never get good enough. We'll never get spiritual enough. We'll never get religious enough. Sometimes we just have to realize that, you know what, I got I to gotta go back. I'm not talking about traditions and legalism. I'm talking about going back to where I'm in his presence. For you see, when I'm in his presence, as we shared on Wednesday, there's glory, there's honor, and there's strength. In his presence, David said there's fullness of joy. At his right hand, there is pleasures forevermore. You see, I think that when we look at this text together this morning, we can, we can look at all of the challenges and we can ask all of the, que- the what-if questions. And we can always say, well, why now? And why did it play out? But listen, through all of the stuff this morning, I want you to understand this. That God is a God that saves heals, delivers, and sets free. He may not always move in the manner that we desire him to move or think he should move. He he may not always take care of situations like we think he should take care of them, but we only see in part when he sees the complete picture. And oftentimes, healing and deliverance comes in a total different manner then we're even able to process in the right way because it seems so foreign to us. But this morning, you have a king that loves you with unconditional love and with a love that passes all understanding. And he loves you in such a manner that when you turn your face towards him and begin to cry to him, He is a God that restores. He's able to restore broken lives. He's able to restore broken homes. He's able to restore us into a place of fellowship with Him. And this morning, I don't stand before you saying I have all the answers to every situation in life. I I don't have all of the answers. But I do know the answer. That answer is Jesus. And if you walked in here today and maybe you're overwhelmed, maybe you just feel overran, and maybe you could say this this morning, you know what? The enemy has taken up residence in my family. He's taken up residence in my home. He's tried to take up residence in my marriage and my relationships. Don't allow that to continue. But follow the recipe that we find in this story that brings about success because if you could just get the picture this morning of this woman with her with her son and maybe her little bag of belongings coming and arriving to where they was supposed to be but somebody else is there and saying it's not yours anymore she could have walked away in defeat and said well what do we do now but she said I refuse to allow somebody to dwell there because that's a place that's a place that I've been and that's a place that I know and that's a place where Not only do I want to finish my days, but that's a place where I want this generation 
to not visit, but I want them to dwell. I don't want them to have to walk by and say, well, it used to be. But no, I want them to be able to walk in and say, you know what, sit down. Sit around this table with me. Oh, by the way, I'll even take you in and show you. See that bed right there? That's where it all happened. That's the place where, where God came down. And it touched me. And I began to live. As we stand all over the house this morning. I would like to believe this morning. I'd really like to believe this morning that we're in one of those places today. We're in one of those places that has been God-ordained. For there to be a complete opening with the earthly and the heavenlies. No matter what you may have need of this morning, I believe there's enough faith in this room that no matter what you may find yourself in need of, I believe you can find that today. In this hour and season of prayer and fasting as a corporate body, I sense an urgency in my spirit to tell you that it's time to begin to contend for the faith like we never have before. Men is altering all different types of things. They're scheming all different types of things and they're trying multiple things. They're testing the waters in so many ways and fashions when it comes to religion. I'm not necessarily talking about religion at all this morning. I'm talking about divine relationship with the King of Glory. For 40 years, this ministry has been present in this city. For 40 years, men and women have came and gone throughout the doors, the prior location, and next door, and even this building now. Many needs have been met, many lives have been touched and transformed. Many has grown up in this ministry and now is out doing things in other places. It's a place where God's love dwells and abides. But somebody's got to just get tired of the status quo and say, you know what, I, I'm not going to settle any longer for just what I see naturally. But I know there's a higher power that's able to remove what I see naturally so that I can transition back into that place that I need to be. It isn't even necessarily about you and me at all. But it is about a generation that God has blessed us with. Listen. They need more than a Sunday morning experience. They need to be able to walk in to the chamber where the prophet dwelt and just feel just feel that tangible anointing and presence of God you can give them everything that man creates but unless you give them an appetite for the things of God we're failing them This morning, this morning, you can allow yourself to walk out of these doors. And you can get in your car and you can drive back to your dwelling place, wherever it may be. And your house and your home can continue to be a place of strife, a place of conflict, a place that is absent of harmony, a place that is absent of joy and peace. And you can walk back in here next week and expect God to move and do something supernatural for you. Or you can just let the devil know today that, you know what, that's enough. My house 
will be a house where God dwells. And I will dwell in a house where God dwells. And you can begin to take authority over the demonic activity. And you can begin to take authority over strongholds and darkness. And by the time you get back to your house, the environment can be totally different and transformed. Because can I tell you that when she got back to her house, there wasn't nobody living there. There wasn't nobody dwelling there. There wasn't nobody messing with her Hobby Lobby stuff on her walls anymore. There wasn't nobody else doing anything. Why? It's because the king appointed an officer and the officer said, go restore everything back to her. And when she got back there, when she walked in, that foul thing that was living there that had no right, no authority was already gone. Think about it. And when she walked back in, she walked back into the same place because the atmosphere had been cleansed and purged by the authority of the king. And when she walked back in, the portal had already been cleansed. And because of that, when her boy walked in, he didn't sense all this foul stuff, but he walked in and he experienced the anointing that was there when they left that because the house still was a portal for the things of God. I want to be real with you. Before houses of worship like this can become what they really need to be, your house has got to become a portal as well. So how do you do that? Just shake it all off and say, I refuse to take any of that junk home with me. All those lies, all that oppression, all that stuff the enemy's tried to burden you down with this week, all of that, all that filth, and say, no more. But I'm going to this day, I'm going to cry out because I desire. Lord, I desire to be in your presence. She begins to minister in song this morning. Here's what I'm going to ask you.